Developing an integrated and equitable mental health and substance use system in a provincial setting requires vision, a willingness to make major changes, and advice from top experts. Now, of course, we at the CPA believe the best results will be achieved when some of those experts are psychologists. My name is Eric Bowman, I'm the communications person at the Canadian Psychological Association, and this is Mindful. Ontario Health's Mental Health and Addictions Centre of Excellence is looking to create a more integrated, higher quality and more accessible mental health and addiction system in Ontario. To that end, they've recruited five provincial clinical leads to champion different areas of focus. Two of those leads are joining me today. My name's Caitlin Davey. I'm a clinical psychologist at the Youth Wellness Centre at St. Joseph's Healthcare and just recently the Indigenous clinical lead for depression and anxiety related disorders through the Mental Health and Addiction Centre of Excellence at Ontario Health. I guess I'll also mention that I am a mixed ancestry Indigenous woman. Um, I'm Haudenosaunee, Cuban Nation, as well as Polish and Scottish. My family's from Six Nations of the Grand River and Caledonia, which are two places right next to each other. And I grew up off-reserve in Caledonia, so I'm an urban Indigenous person. Well, thank you and welcome and thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, Dr. McCabe, Yes, hi, Erica. So I'm Randy McCabe. I'm a, also a clinical psychologist, and at St. Joe's, I'm a director in our mental health and addictions program, where I have a bunch of different programs that I'm responsible for, including mood and anxiety services, eating disorders. There's some outpatient, inpatient, our youth wellness clinic. So a number of different clinical programs there. And then I'm also a professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neurosciences at McMaster University. Recently, as with Kaylin, was appointed the provincial clinical lead for mood and anxiety-related disorders. So really excited to have that opportunity and to uh, speak with you about it today. Well, I'm excited to speak about it too. And I would just like to get an overview of this program. Is there a title for the whole program? There's Mental Health and Addiction Center of Excellence. Is that the title of the whole program? Yeah, so the Ontario Health set up this Mental Health and Addiction Center of Excellence um, to really enact the roadmap to wellness and to develop the strategy and vision for how mental health and addictions care could be optimized and implemented across the province, recognizing in the previous uh, reports written, all of the kind of the gaps, limitations and inequities, there's a whole like, you know, all of that's been cataloged and the roadmap to wellness, which is their kind of plan based and big report kind of lays out, you know, a strategy. And so they established this center of excellence and it's been operational, I think just for like maybe, uh, I'm not even sure, maybe a couple of years now, maybe one to two years. I'm not sure the exact history of when exactly it started. But so they've established themselves and they're kind of their first steps is now to develop kind of a, a structure for how to achieve, you know, the aims in that report and how to increase access, you know, roll out evidence-based, measurement-based care, you know, give everybody quality treatment, you know, reduce inequities. Those are different things that are goals. And so they've established four, well, five priority areas, okay? In, within the clinical realm, the four clinical areas are mood and anxiety-related disorders that Caitlin and I are both kind of under that one, addictions or substance use, a psychosis or schizophrenia, and eating disorders, okay? And then the fifth area is Indigenous mental health, which kind of cuts across, and Caitlin will be able to tell you more about that. And so then within 
these four priority areas, we are appointed as leads to then help you know, achieve that vision, provide professional expertise and leadership to ensure you know, the different goals that we come up with get achieved. So that's kind of a broad umbrella and they're developing a whole kind of structure of, or an org chart of what that looks like. And they're gonna have, you know, like there's the center of excellence and then there's the lead positions and they're gonna have all these tables that will include regional leads, you know, people across the province with expertise from the community, people with lived experience. So it's really trying to be very collaborative in how we, you know, develop new streams of care or optimize care, achieve kind of filling gaps and rectifying inequities because there's been lots of inequities in that some people have better access than others. So I, Caitlin, you you feel free to chime in and add. Did I miss anything? No, I, I don't think so. Um, you mentioned um, like Indigenous mental health. So I think they're in the process also of recruiting Indigenous clinical leads for those different areas as well, but also working on, so like I'm the Indigenous clinical lead for depression and anxiety related disorders, and I believe they'll be working on recruiting other Indigenous clinical leads as well. But for what priority areas exactly, I think there's some community engagement that needs to happen around like the terminology there, but generally speaking, that's, I think, a plan moving forward. So the general plan then would be to have an Indigenous lead for schizophrenia and then another one for eating disorders and so on? Yeah, at this point. But again, like we do have to also ask communities, like Indigenous communities specifically, if that's also their priority areas, because this was kind of, you know, decided by Ontario Health and they make sense. And there has been some feedback so far, but we also have to make sure that, you know, people are generally in an Indigenous community specifically are generally in agreement with that. So it might look a little bit different for the Indigenous mental health piece. One of the things that psychologists seem to do a lot is they like to create acronyms for things. I'm surprised this Mm -hmm. program doesn't have uh, an overarching acronym for it yet. Maybe (laughs) by the time we're done here, we can come up with one. Well, the specific, one of our specific priorities that is kind of in, in our area is called OSP. So there's an acronym for you, which is the Ontario Structured Psychotherapy Program. So you may know that, for, you know, or you may not know, but in Ontario, you know, to get psychotherapy, one-to-one treatment, it's very hard to get it. There's a lot of limited access and people who can pay can get it a lot easier because there's a whole private sector of psychologists and mental health clinicians and psychotherapists, other mental health care professionals providing psychotherapy for a fee-for-service. And so the Ontario Structured Psychotherapy Program is bringing evidence-based psychotherapy to all of Ontario for people with mood and anxiety related disorders, which are the most prevalent mental health conditions. You know, so at least, you know, one in four people will have in their lifetime either a, a experience of depression or an anxiety or related disorder. And so highly prevalent conditions. And now with this program, OSP, everybody will have access to getting evidence-based care, which is super exciting to be part of this model. And that's a big priority. You know, there's a bunch of priorities we have, but that's a big one. It's already started. And now we're just kind of ramping up to really serve the whole province with this program. So there's an, there's an acronym for you. Excellent. Oh, you know what? This is completely off topic, but Dr. McCabe, I think that a lot of your research has been in the Diagnostic Research Assessment Tool, which should be an acronym D-R-A-T, but you guys have called it DART instead of DRAT. Is that because DRAT has a negative connotation? I've just wondered about that for some time now. You know, it was fun. Now it's not, yeah, that's my most recent kind of, any recent focus of research. And it was actually the DID 
the diagnostic interview, DSM-5 disorders before it was a DART. Yeah, you know, DART sounded better than DRAT, Eric. Terrific. I just, yeah, I thought there must have been some sort of decision-making process that went into yeah. not calling it DRAT. Uh, yes, and we every... were thinking about that. Like, how can we come up with a name that has a good acronym? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the time, like, psychologists will create a study and then shoehorn the name of the study into what will be an excellent acronym, like SMILE or something of that nature. You're absolutely right. Yes. We do, because I think it's attractive to funders, like if it has some catchy title or acronym, and also to people. Oh, I'm part of the SMILE study. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely, I think, helps. Yes, I think it does. It makes it at least a little catchy. Dr. Davey, I'm Curious, you were talking earlier about how you're going to expand, hopefully, to have more Indigenous leads on the other uh, portfolios here. Uh, but you are the only one at the moment, right? And you're talking yes. about Indigenous communities and what their priorities are and what they're really looking for. So we've talked about this a lot on this podcast before, right? Indigenous ways of knowing and how you incorporate those into the psychological research and in ethical way. How, what does that look like for you? What are you planning to do going forward to incorporate the Indigenous communities into the work that you're doing with the Ontario uh, Health? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that's absolutely key, like absolutely priority, right, to make sure that we are including Indigenous voices like all along the way. So one of the things that we have plans for is to create an engagement plan. So that's really like a plan for basically traveling all around the province and visiting different Indigenous communities to ask them questions, right, about what their needs are and, you know, ask them what they're looking for. And of course, we'll develop probably like much more specific questions to try to get at, you know, some, you know, guidance with respect to, you know, what we're doing here. So on top of that, I'm also in the process, or we as a Indigenous equity team as well. Um, so that's kind of, you know, part of the team that I work and working with currently. We're working on bringing Indigenous clinical experts together to form, actually, this is a acronym for you, PCAT-DARD. <laughs> so, <laughs> the so the Provincial um, Indigenous um, Clinical Advisory Table, it's the PCAT part, uh, for depression and anxiety-related disorders, which is the DARD part. So to bring these clinical Indigenous clinical experts together so that we can discuss, you know, gaps in services right now in the province for depression and anxiety related disorders for Indigenous folks in the province. Also, like opportunities like for ways forward. And so kind of bringing all these experts and brains together to help guide this work while simultaneously engaging with different Indigenous communities across the province um, so that we can have these decisions and, you know, make recommendations that are truly community-based. That's really the goal. The goal overall, is this a reimagining of the healthcare system to include mental health as a, a more prominent part of that system? Or is it filling the gaps that exist right now or a little bit of both? I mean, what is the ultimate goal at the end of this? Yeah, you know what? I think it's it's both, Eric. Like, I think we all have some great pockets of work. But if you live somewhere, like say you're north or you're rural, like you may not have any access or you're in certain uh, groups, uh, equity kind of groups, in groups that have had inequities in access or that may not be culturally safe care. I mean, there's all sorts of kind of gaps that we have. We also have lots of areas that, you know, aren't even covered. So I think that 
yes, that there are gaps, but that we also need to revision and transform the care that's provided. And that's what the OSP program does. It lays out across the whole province, kind of a network of hubs and spokes, where in, in a lot of cases, it's partnerships between hospitals and communities or community service agencies where we can provide a network of care through one front door, you know, is one of the aims. So it's more streamlined. People don't have to tell their story as much. There's more continuity of care. If you, you know, it's based on a step care model where you have a lower intensity service if you need it. And if that not it doesn't work or maybe you need something a higher level intensity of service, you can get that. Uh, you can get it virtually or in your community. So it is about revisioning. The four pillars of that roadmap to wellness that I mentioned are improving quality, expanding existing services, and then implementing innovative solutions, as well as improving access. So those are the four pillars that really are a focus. And then those four clinical areas that we mentioned, they're not the be-all, the end-all. There's lots of other areas like you could think of that would be very important to, you know, really address those gaps. But you got to start somewhere. So we're, this is at the beginning and we're working together, Caitlin and I, you know, we also are colleagues at St. Joe's, which is exciting because we get to work together provincially, um, but we also have been close colleagues at St. Joe's too in, in focusing in our area of expertise, which is depression and anxiety related disorders. Yeah. And I agree. I'll just kind of add to that a bit that I also think it's both. I also think that like I think there are opportunities to change the system, but there's also a lot of good work going on where just gaps need to be filled. I also think that the mainstream system in particular is really not designed for Indigenous people. And there are a lot of barriers to access and there are a lot of issues with respect to equity and equitable access for Indigenous people. And so that's something that I guess a goal in my mind to really kind of push for change around that and really kind of drawing from the good work and amazing work actually that a lot of indigenous community organizations are already doing right where they're bringing in elders and traditional healing and you know that might just stay where it is but i could also see you know these kind of almost like two worlds like indigenous uh perspectives and indigenous ways of doing things and also like the mainstream way as like coming together right in a respectful and a meaningful way and that possibility really excites me and to kind of see where that can go for indigenous people to act in the province right to access high quality culturally safe and relevant care no matter where they go that's something that I would really like to see happen in the system. So we're in the, yeah, (laughs) that would be wonderful. And so in that spirit, we're at the, in the beginning stages here, both of you are tasked with coming up with an advisory table of your own, I think, as part of this initiative. So Dr. Davey, then how are you approaching that process in a way that will lead to hopefully, you know, better access for in Indigenous ways of healing and that sort of thing. How do you build that advisory table with this goal in mind? Well, I think you start with a list of people that you really hope will say yes. <laughs> and you try to make sure that you include traditional healers too, right? Like, and, you know, ask them like for their expertise and to sit at this table with us, right? And people who are connected you know, spiritually specifically, right, to kind of, you know, keep us grounded, right, in this work. And just 
you know, start asking, start reaching out. And, you know, I've been meeting people to, you know, some of the people kind of on our list I've, you know, already met and have been like honored to meet like in previous kind of roles and contexts. But um, yeah, those that I don't know, just kind of, you know, meeting with them saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm all about. This is what the table, the general goals of the table are like, are you willing to come out, right? And advise us, right? And be part of, you know, this hopefully like change process. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of initially how we're getting started here, right? Is to really just reach out to those experts that, you know, we already know about and we already know are doing like amazing work, right? And in this area and, you know, ask them, please, please come to our table, right? And help us, you know, make these decisions and recommendations so we can come together as one, bring our minds together and really kind of push, push this forward. You're meeting a bunch of people. You also mentioned visiting a number of Indigenous communities around Ontario. I would imagine the more remote ones are essential to be a part of that as well. Has this meant a whole lot more travel for you? Well, I haven't really gotten started with this, that piece yet, but likely there will be more travel. (laughs) I'm kind of anticipating that. I am not um, with Ontario Health, like on a full-time basis. So as part of the team that I'm with, you know, they'll do some, they'll do traveling, they'll do like engagement um, as well. And I'll be part of that kind of like, as I can be and as much as I can be, because that's the stuff I really like. I love, you know, going out to Indigenous communities and chatting with people and, and just kind of, you know, hearing their perspectives on, on, just exactly what we've been talking about, right? Like the system, like what's going well, what's maybe not going well, tell me the good, bad, and the ugly, whatever it is, right? Like I want to hear it because that's how we promote change, right? To actually know on the ground, like what's going on and what are people not okay with, what is going well. So, you know, to answer your question, likely, yes, it will mean more travel for me. Dr. McCabe, are you working in collaboration with Dr. Davey? Are you building a table together or is yours a, a separate entity? Yeah, we're working very closely. So I have a separate entity, you know, because I have uh, the DARD table, the depression, anxiety related disorders table, where and Dr. Davies a member there. And then I have other sub tables where Dr. Davies also like on the OSP, we have an advisory committee and Dr. Davies um, a member there so that there's a nice collaboration so we can work very closely together. And, and then on my table, just really trying to get a diversity of views and opinions and people representing different areas of expertise, because when we think about okay, if you're going to build the system here, you got to think about people who have experience with children and youth, people who have experience with older adults, people with different backgrounds and different voices, uh, people representing groups that may not have been uh, well served in our current system, as well as the different areas of expertise, uh, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, related disorders, different healthcare professional backgrounds, and then different places people may have worked, whether it's hospital, community, and then also people with lived experience. That's so important is to have people uh, with lived experience and family members to really provide that anchor, because that's what this is all about, is we're building a system for the people, you know, that will serve the people to help them. So then we need that, that those voices at that table as well, you know, because often people like that's where people call me up all the time. Oh, my family member has this, where do I go? Because people don't know. And maybe there isn't anything, maybe there is. And you know, right now it's a lot about you just kind of stumble onto things or you know someone who tells you something and we want to get rid of all that. So it looks very clear when you have a problem, this is the number to call. And it's very easy to access, very streamlined and provides that continuity of care. So there's not a lot. So it's seamless. We're talking a little bit about your recruiting process for creating your own advisory tables. 
I'm curious about the recruiting process by which you came to be an Ontario clinical lead. Like, how does that work? Does someone reach out to you? Do you have to apply for that job? What does the interview look like when you sit down and who do you talk to? Like, how does that come about? At St. Joe's, we're a hub for OSP. So St. Joe's Hamilton and St. Joe's London have partnered together uh, to be network lead with a bunch of community agencies. I think it's 28. We will be in, in full maturity for all of Ontario West. So going all the way to Windsor, up to Tobamori. I'm using my hands, even though this podcast, you know, to, to, to actually provide the OSP program, that Ontario Structured Psychotherapy Program, to our whole geographical region, which is millions of people, actually. So I, that's one of my areas at St. Joe's is that program. And when I saw, so I've gotten exposure to working with Ontario Health. We also run a mental health support portal for healthcare workers that we've been doing the whole pandemic that's supported by Ontario Health. So I've had a lot of exposure to the Ontario Health team, the Centre of Excellence team, and been really impressed with their desire to kind of provide more collaboration and integration across the province. And so when the, the, these positions came up, I was very you know, intrigued by the opportunity to also grow professionally because I've been at St. Joe's, which is the best place ever to work for my whole adult career, postgraduate training. So it's over 20 years. And I thought, oh, this, this allows me to have an opportunity to actually have get experience at a, at a system kind of more provincial level, which is really exciting for me. So then I, you know, the first step was a letter of intent. And then from that, I was invited to an interview. So anybody could have applied for the, the position. I know there was other people. And then after the letter of intent, there was a panel interview with very long questions. So I was very glad it was virtual because they put the questions part A, B, C, D in the chat. So I, I found that that was much easier to answer than when you're live and you have to ask people to repeat things. So that was really helpful. And um, so that was my process. So I'll hand over uh, to Dr. Gaydon. All right. Just before we do, uh, yeah. for those listening in uh, the podcast who can't see, Windsor is at Dr. McCabe's left hand just over her shoulder and Tobermory is at the extended tip of her right hand. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> obviously a great distance away. No. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Davey, so what was the process like for you? Uh, something similar, I imagine? Yeah, it, it was similar. The the panel of interviewers and, you know, people reviewing my, I also had to apply like with a letter of intent and have an interview and kind of my sense is, you know, they're really looking for maybe someone who has, you know, community connections as well as experience with, you know, clinically with depression and anxiety related disorders. So I kind of started my work at St. Joe's in the Mood Disorders Clinic. I've moved to the Youth Wellness Center where, you know, we focus on depression and anxiety. I've also had a private practice as well where I you know, work primarily with mood and anxiety there as well. Um, and then on top of that, I've worked with, you know, different Indigenous communities in the areas of um, like clinical work, program evaluation, research, and also involved with different initiatives at, you know, here at St. Joseph's Healthcare with just like working on creating equitable and safe spaces for Indigenous people to access care through St. Joe's specifically. So I think just all, you know, those different kind of pieces coming together and also taking what I call like a two-eyed seeing approach where, you know, maybe with the, the one eye seeing like the value of the mainstream system and the knowledge that comes from there, but also with the other eye seeing the value and importance of culture and like Indigenous traditions and culture specifically, right? And kind of, you know, finding ways to bring those, those two ways together in a meaningful and respectful way is, I'd say like, 
most of the work that I've been involved with all through like my graduate training as I started my career as well. So kind of, you know, highlighting those things, I guess, in the application process and discussing it in the interview. I wonder if that was something that people were interested in with respect to kind of offering me this role. So yeah, that was a bit of the process. Terrific. Okay. My last question before I let both of you go is it seems like psychology is taking quite a leadership role here. I think three of the five clinical leads are psychologists. Uh, What do you think it is that psychology specifically brings to the table when it comes to mental health innovation in, in this way? Dr. Davey, maybe we can start with you. Well, I mean, I think in my role and also with Dr. McCabe's role, like both of our focus, I know Dr. McCabe has talked about this a bit more than myself, but both of our focus will be on OSP. Um, That's not the only focus, um, but that will be like a big priority, I guess. For me specifically, kind of trying to figure out whether OSP and how OSP kind of can be helpful and maybe fits for Indigenous peoples in the province. And, you know, OSP is, you know, really about therapy, right? Providing cognitive behavioral therapy. And psychologists, or many psychologists anyways, are, you know, oftentimes that's our focus, like in our training, like at least I I know with Dr. McCabe and myself, that's what we've done a lot of is cognitive behavioral therapy, right? For anxiety, uh, for depression and anxiety related disorders. So, I wonder if that's like a a value, right, with respect to these roles and kind of having that extensive and in-depth training and experiences with providing psychotherapy, right, for these mental health areas is something that we can really bring to the table, you know, as psychologists. And then, you know, also, I think we take on lots of different roles as psychologists. I don't know, at least I know Dr. McCabe and I do, right, at St. Joe's, you know, we're taking on a leadership role through Ontario Health, but I think we also take on various leadership roles just like in the hospital, right, to kind of push and make change and and whatnot. So I think that's something that a lot of psychologists do, right? We're all, oftentimes wearing many different hats. And so I think that's a strength of psychologists, right, to kind of be able to balance and time manage, right, and uh, push for, you know, for change, right, and to kind of keep things moving forward, right, rather than kind of staying right in the status quo. So I think that's something that many psychologists are working on consistently. And I think a strength that psychology brings to to these roles. And I imagine that that change over the past few years has kept you guys on your toes a lot. COVID obviously has thrown a wrench into everything that has been going on up until this point. Dr. McCabe, would this have come about, this initiative have come about if it weren't for COVID? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it was already come about, like it was already happening. There's four pilot sites, I think, before uh, four or five, they started about four years ago, maybe five years ago. So even before the pandemic. But um, I think the pandemic has really accentuated the focus on mental health. So for sure, it's a big priority for Ontarians, their mental health, because when you look at the national surveys in Canada, in terms of the increase in anxiety, depression and substance use, for people across the country through the pandemic. And even now it's higher than post-pandemic. Uh, I think mental health is center forefront on everybody's minds and, and is a priority for Ontario, you know, Ontario Health to be serving, you know, our community better with, with that regard. Definitely. Well, I hope that uh, this def- this looks like it's going to lead to serving the community better. And uh, hopefully it can become a model for other provinces uh, as we go. 
anything before we leave that you'd like to say? Yeah, I just want to add it. I think there's a couple other things I'd add to Dr. Davies, uh, uh, just excellent points on, you know, why psychologists and because, you know, the other psychologist who's a lead actually came from the same lab, research lab at UT. So we, we trained in graduate school from the same place. And I think um, as psychologists, we often, we're, we're, many of us are trained as clinician scientists where, you know, you do research, you know, how do you know how, what clinical care to, to, to provide? Well, you use the evidence. And I think that um, where the government's going is they want to do evidence-based care. So I think psychologists are very well positioned to, you know, generate evidence, you know, synthesize evidence, use evidence to guide clinical decision-making as well in psychology, as psychologists, especially psychologists trying to do research in this, in this, the funding frameworks we have where there's very little funding, you're often trying to be nimble. How can we do more with less? And I think how do you serve people by not having too costly, you know, a system? I think those are all things that we can be very innovative about uh, what models we use. And just even in research, you create creative and generating innovative ideas, and then you go test them out. So I think those um, attributes of a psychologist are really fit well, the, what, what the job, you know, what they were looking for in terms of the job description. So I think that's why three of the five there were, you know, uh, psychologists, which is great because, it, you know, we're really being recognized, as Dr. Davey said, we do we wear a lot of hats. We have a lot of things when you operationalize the role, there's a lot of, uh, you know, pieces to it. So it's exciting to be able to have these opportunities and to be able to use our skills to their full ability. Thanks to Dr. Randy McCabe and Dr. Caitlin Davey for taking the time to speak with me today. And we all hope this initiative will lead to better outcomes in Ontario for people experiencing mental health and substance use issues. Thanks also to you for tuning in, listening, and downloading today's episode. Mindful is written, hosted, and published by me, Eric Bullman. It's produced and edited by Jamie Montgomery. And our theme music is Avenues by David Taylor.